1: Hey, everyone. Welcome to Round Ball Stew. I am Matt Straup. It is Wednesday, November 3rd, and today it is your 4x5 episode, which is looking likely to be a 5x5 episode today. Five writers from NBC Sports Edge for five minutes each. We will talk De'Aaron Fox's, De'Aaron Fox's slump. There's a lot of apostrophes in that. It threw me off. Some turmoil in the Boston rotation and some futures bets with Von Dalzell from NBC Sports Edge. Betting all of that and more coming up on this episode, as we say hello to our everyday leadoff man, Ryan Knaus. Ryan, I said four by five, five by five. Steve Alexander, shockingly, a game time call for this episode. He's, he's kind of turned into the injury report guy. As, for a guy who complains about having to mark guys as probable, questionable, interestingly, he has kind of a lot of those same things going on.
2: He's uh, right. The Joel Embiid of the Round Ball Stew podcast, a perpetual game time decision. But I think he'll be here. A five on five. Would that be a first, Matt?
1: This would be history. A historic day if Steve makes it.
2: No pressure, Steve.
1: No pressure. Our timer has started. I believe you wanted to focus most of your energy uh, in Boston.
2: Yeah, I wanted to talk about Marcus Smart uh, and particularly his comments after Monday's game. So to set the picture here, the Celtics had just blown a 19-point lead in the second half versus the Bulls. They dropped a 2-5 and five on the season. Jalen Brown had gone scoreless in the fourth quarter. Jason Tatum had two points on one of eight shooting in the fourth quarter. And Boston as a t- team had one assist in the entire fourth quarter, which was from Tatum. Now, after this game, Smart told reporters, obviously very publicly, every quote, every team knows we're trying to go to Jason and Jalen. I think everybody's scouting report is to make those guys pass the ball. They don't want to pass the ball. Now, that part jumps out at me. Uh, He continued the quote. That's something they're going to learn. They're still learning. We're proud of their progress. But they're going to have to make another step and find ways not only to create for themselves, but for others on the team to open up the court and themselves later down in the game. So... I mean a lot of there's a lot to unpack there but first of all he sounds like a like a coach not a teammate like that's a very right. team leader type statement to just come out and say hey these two superstars uh, all-star teammates need to work on their uh, you know on a huge part of their games don't worry they're going to learn don't worry he says they're going to learn <laughs> right right they're still learning we're we're proud of them they they're really trying but they'll, they'll get there but, I mean, he does have a point. Boston is middle of the pack in assists. Uh, they're 18th or lower in percentage of total field goals assisted, two-pointers assisted, and three-pointers assisted. The offense isn't clicking. And when you look at the assists for the all the aforementioned players, Jalen Brown is down almost an assist per game from a career high of last year. He's down to 2.5 mm-hmm. times. You know, Jason Tatum is down. He went from 4.3 dimes last year to 3.7. Marcus Smart himself, despite being installed as what we thought was a full-time point guard role, has dropped from 5.7 dimes last year to four this year. So the opposite, I mean, as someone who drafted Smart in a couple leagues, is the opposite of what I expected. So I guess, do you see any or all of these guys' dimes increasing? I might make the argument that Boston's starting point guard is on their bench in the form of Dennis Schroeder, who leads the Celtics in almost every assist metric. Uh, He has fewer overall passes than Marcus Smart this season, but he's averaging 4.9 more points created off assists. So all of these numbers, all of these quotes, Matt, what do you make of it? As a smart manager, I'm still optimistic. I think you know, he's still a starter who's getting plenty of minutes. He's agitating about his role. Hopefully that will lead to him not being shunted off to the corner. Okay, what do, you, what do you make of all this?
1: For a second there, I thought you were calling yourself a smart manager. But just to be clear, you meant you are a Marcus smart manager, not as a great fantasy manager myself. That, that one cuts both ways. I just, when I look at all of these numbers for these guys, the things that really stand out to me are two things. Jason Tatum shooting 39.5% from the field. Marcus Smart is shooting 29.3% from the field. I feel like, not not that Marcus Smart has ever been a marksman, but I just feel like things are going to start to look a lot better when a, a few more shots start falling for Tatum. I mean, Jalen Brown is playing fantastic. We can talk about the assist being down, but I don't think there's anything to complain about with the guy shooting nearly 50% from the, from the floor and doing what he's doing. So, I don't know. It seems a little bit like a whole lot of nothing. I mean, it certainly hasn't really hurt Tatum's numbers whatever they're running and smart I mean yeah it's frustrating if you drafted him but I mean he's still getting steals and threes and some dimes so it feels a little bit like a lot of a lot of nothing to me in terms of like I don't know what what it means for fantasy I feel like most of these guys are doing what we expected except for smart Ryan
2: yeah I would think if anything maybe Dennis Schroeder ends up benefiting in the long run just because Celtics offense does get stagnant at times and honestly that wouldn't be the Mm -hmm. worst thing if if smart shifted to two and they move things up maybe horford comes off the bench in this scenario but i think it would help smart because he's not a player who's going to create his own shots like that's not his game He is typically better in a catch and shoot role. You mentioned the percentage. So he needs teammates to be creating offense. I think he's genuine when he says that he wants Brown and Tatum to pass the ball more and and really pick up that part of the game. So hopefully this was just a team leader light of fire type thing. And and the aforementioned superstars take the hint and start passing the rock a little more because I mentioned the, the bleak numbers during that fourth quarter collapse. And Ime Udoka, I mean, if the Celtics continue on this pace. He could find himself in the hot seat sooner than later given this is a team with, you know, high playoff aspirations.
1: Yeah, true. And and they're 2 and 5 and we're going to talk with Vaughn about their playoff prospects later on in the show. So Ryan, our time is up. I think we have solved all the Celtics problems right there, right? That was pretty simple. We did it.
2: <laughs> of course, I think so.
1: Okay. I will talk to you soon and we are going to add raft to the stream as we say goodbye to Ryan. Raf, how are you? Doing well, Hugh. I'm good. I'm good. You also, I believe, want to start us off with a, a situation. Well, I don't know. where the Celtics really slumping? I don't know. But but a high-profile player who is slumping, a guy we talked about on the show earlier this week, I'm eager to talk about him some more. The first name I believe you want to bring to the table is De'Aaron Fox.
3: Yes, that is correct. Uh, and I think my specific question with him is, is this a buy low time for fantasy managers? Because... He's gotten off to a a pretty poor start um, to this season. You know, 17.7 points, 4.6 rebounds, 6.6 assists, 1.3 steals, 0.3 blocks, 0.9 threes, and 3.9 turnovers per game. Shooting 36.4 from the field and 63.2 from the foul line. We're not going to mention a three-point percentage, but in case anyone's interested, that's below 20% right now. Yeah. I'd like to think that he hit rock bottom in last night's loss to the Jazz where he went scoreless in the first half. They were close because Davion Mitchell scored 12 off the bench, but he finished with 13 in that one, 4-15 of from the field, no three-pointers. He had nine assists, so that's a good thing about Fox's line from last night, but... I'm thinking this may be a buy low time, and I was interested to hear what your thoughts may be on De'Aaron Fox's fantasy prospects are right now.
1: I tend to be in the same place. By the way, we're not going to mention the three point percentage, but it starts with a one and ends with a five. <laughs> cheap.
4: Yeah. It's
1: not. It's not good. It's not good. Um, the the way I look at this Raph, while while you're talking about that, I was thinking how funny it is how we have all these convictions before the season starts, and then just <laughs> like, you know. A couple weeks in, or whatever we are, you suddenly find yourself in such a different place thinking about players than you did two weeks ago. Yeah, And I think in some of these cases, we have to stick to those preseason convictions. We both know the talent of De'Aaron Fox. We both know what he's capable mm-hmm. of. We talked a lot about what he did down the stretch last year. I think it's the same player, I think. And uh I don't <laughs> know. I don't think Davion Mitchell is just suddenly going to wreck that.
3: No, no, no. Absolutely not.
1: So, I mean, what has really what has really changed he's not shooting well and I think we both believe that has a chance to correct itself of course you're taking a little bit of a gamble if you try to trade for him just with how poorly he's playing but it's a calculated gamble and it's one that you're not going to get a better window to try to get De'Aaron Fox if you were high on him before the season so I'm sticking to that conviction and I and I agree I'm trying to get him on my teams
3: yeah October's never really been a great month for him as it is uh so I think we're expect yeah obviously given how well he performed down the stretch there was going to be some sort of regression. Mm-hmm. I think just how sharp the drop has been is what's surprising. That being said, I'm not I'm not ready to give up on him as someone who has him rostered and I think if you don't have him rostered it's maybe a good time to kind of kick the tires on, on a panicky manager in your league see if you can kind of get him via trade.
1: I'm with you. We got a couple minutes left and I think you had one more name to uh, bring to the table here? Let's end this on a positive note. Um, Anthony Simons, um, I talked about him quite a
3: bit during the preseason, and he is a top 100 player in 9-cat right now. The assists haven't gone up as I thought they would with him taking on more of a a backup point guard role, but still averaging 14.1 points, 2.7 boards, 2.3 assists, 0.6 steals, and 2.9 three-pointers per game with just one turnover per game. And he's a 50-40-90 player right now, too. So he's off to a really good start. And I think if you haven't already considered picking him up in 12-cat leagues, now is the time to do so. He's rostered in 23% of Yahoo! Leagues. And his role under Chauncey Billups has expanded over what it was with Terry Stotts. And even if there may be a drop-off, this is a good time to go get Anthony Simons, I think.
1: Yeah, and you mentioned the steals. He had zero in his first three games. He's got four in his Mm -hmm. last four games. He's got a couple two-steal games. So maybe a little room for improvement over the 0.6 you see. And... I think, Raf his two highest minute totals have come in the last four games. I think he's got like a 28-minute, and his last game he played 29 minutes. So, yeah, mostly a points and threes guy, but maybe a little room for improvement in dimes and steals, and in a deep league, like you said, I picked him up in the NBC Sports Edge Company League, and I've been enjoying it. He's serviceable with a a tiny bit of ceiling, I'd say. Yeah, I'd agree with that,
3: and Damian Lillard's slow start kind of helps. He's not going to take minutes from Dan, but maybe there's more opportunity to play them together.
1: Major phone snafu there, but we are at the end <laughs> of our 5 minutes. A different alarm tone. What a mess. I've got some phone issues to sort out here when it comes to the alarms, but Raf, as always, a pleasure. And I'm going to go uh, make 15 deer and fox trade offers as my phone continues to act insane. Thanks, Raph. <laughs> See you.
5: Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one Crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem
3: of a detour.
1: Well, we are now going to add Mr. Game Time Decision himself. He's here. Steve, you really are enjoying making this interesting, aren't you? There was never any doubt you were going to make it. Come on. No,
6: there was no doubt. There was doubt, though, when I drove away from the golf course and left my phone in the golf cart and had to turn around and go back and get it, but plenty of time. It was, an, it was no sweat.
1: <laughs> so what's, uh, other than the Atlanta Braves winning the World Series, which we're not going to spend most of our time on, What uh, what is on your mind? Anything basketball-wise? Uh, well, do you know
6: who the number 13 player on Basketball Monster is right hmm.
1: now? It's not Luka Doncic.
6: It's a guy that I get a text message with a lot of exclamation points almost nightly from Jared about this individual.
1: Oh, oh it's, it's John Morant. It's Capella. John Morant. It's not Capella. I was going <laughs> to no, say it's definitely not Capella.
6: Ja Morant is this year's Capella. And if you look at his Basketball Monster page, it, like he's got a lot of green numbers there. And I'm sure Jared's probably going to talk about him a lot next. So we don't have to spend time on it. But, man... Uh, so far, so good with John Morant. Like, I'm sad that we were we were so kind of down on him
1: coming into the season, but
6: it is what it is. Do you have any John Morant,
1: Matt? I, I think you know I don't, Steve. I didn't. I didn't draft him anywhere. I uh, didn't either. We're idiots. I, well, <laughs> I, I mean, you know what you're doing right now. You're just you're just fanning the flame of Jared, who's just going to come in here. He, I can see him right now in the waiting room. He's he's going to be coming in hot, bro. Yeah. So. You need to steer us to another player. What else have you noticed?
6: I thought it was interesting that on Tuesday night, we finally got a dose of the big three for the Lakers with Anthony Davis, LeBron James, and Russell Westbrook all putting up pretty substantial numbers and all uh, having pretty massive fantasy value last night. So props to the Lakers for figuring that out. Uh, Not props to the Lakers for barely beating the Houston Rockets. I kind of thought... That game was going to be a blowout, and I stayed away, faded the Lakers last night because I was I was scared with you know those guys, a couple of them were a little questionable coming in. It looked like a blowout scenario to me anyway. And the the Rockets hung in there. But anyway, it was good to see the big three actually play like the big three and do it all at the same time. I'm sure the Brooklyn Nets are a little jealous right now of what uh happened for the Lakers last night. Speaking of the Houston Rockets, so uh, man, Kevin Porter Jr. just keeps wrecking fantasy teams. 5 of 14, 5 turnovers, uh, serviceable counting numbers. He had 4 steals, but he's been a rough ride. On the other hand, Christian Wood has been super fun and uh I may have been a year year early on him last year, but had he not gotten hurt, I think we would have seen the same the same stuff.
1: I mean, I hate to say it, that was a pretty good Kevin Porter Jr. game. 11 points, 5 rebounds, 8 assists, 4 steals, a block, 5 turnovers. He only shot 5 of 14 from the field and 0 for 1 from the free throw line. I think I think people who have had him on their roster would say, okay, now we're now we're heading in the right direction, only 5 turnovers. This is looking up. Now we're cooking with grease. Yeah, I don't know, man. He's,
6: he's rough. He's very rough. Jalen Green, pretty awesome last night, 24 points, 5 assists. He had 7 turnovers of his own, 5 three-pointers. And Alperen Sengun, very quiet, very quiet. And I have a feeling that Sengun is going to be one of those guys that we talk about all the time. Like, oh, if you can can get him, go get him. And then you're going to go get him. And he's he's just going to be, I think he's going to be pretty pedestrian for most of this season. I don't think I'm as high on him this year as as some of you guys are.
1: Yeah, I'm going to disagree with you. I'm going to have to go ahead and disagree with you there, Steve. Uh, Yeah. I am still high on uh, Shangun. That was a disappointing spot start: six points, four rebounds, four assists, five turnovers in 25 minutes. But he got into foul trouble. He is about 11 years old, but he is he is ready. He, he is an NBA ready player, Steve, and I still am very high on him. And I think he is still a stash for me. I I definitely threw him into some lineups last night after Daniel Tice was ruled out. So that that was disappointing. But you can't live in the moment here, Steve. Think big picture. Progress is not always linear. I'm still very high on Shangun for the duration of the season.
6: Progress is not always linear. I like that. I'm going to I need to have that put on like a coffee mug.
1: <laughs> uh Steve, I've had quite a quite a quite a bit of drama with the alarm here already today. So right here. Our time our time has come to an end. Is that it? That's And over. see, it's doing multiple Oh, there's a lot going on here. <laughs> My screen is cracked and it just presses buttons on its own. So need to get a little iPhone repair going because the alarm situation is getting a little unruly. But our time is up.
6: Well, if Matt and I put you all to sleep, get ready to wake up because Jared Johnson is getting ready to rock the house.
1: <laughs> all right, Steve, I'll talk to you soon. Congratulations on your, as you said to me on text after the Braves won the World Series, I can finally rest. <laughs>
6: <laughs> we did it, Matt. We did
1: it. All right. I'll talk to you. Well, it's Jared.
4: Jared's here. Uh, what's going on? That's a lot of pressure, my man. I was not even to yeah. Talk about John Morant. He's gonna, he's gonna rock the house, is what he said. No, <laughs> no pressure at all. It's like I'm yeah. going to pivot. Uh, y'all know how I feel about John Morant. I want to talk about this man, Jonathan Isaac. Um, yeah. What's going on? Who's uh, still basically no update on that ACL tear that he suffered and when was it? 2019? 2004, I think it was. <laughs> it was uh, August of 2020. Okay. So we're over a year. We're actually 15 months past this uh, ACL tear. That is a really, really weird and concerning amount of time to be mm-hmm. out. Usually this is six to eight months for an ACL tear. Um, We could look at Kristaps Porzingis uh, as an example of a guy who took a a really long time as well, but he tore his ACL in February of 18 and he was playing five on five by March of 2019. So a little over a year. And he played and the pandemic caused uh, a pause in his return to play. So. First off, it's weird how long this got. Like the last update we have was in September on September 6th. And he says, um, I'm on the court. I'm weaning out of my brace. I'm jumping. I'm finishing around the basket and such. I'm easing my way. I'm getting there. He says his knee is feeling great. That was in September. Yes, yeah, two months ago. And we have had zero updates of him playing five on five. So that's weird. He's a guy that I drafted late in a lot of places due to the upside. But let's assume that he does play <laughs> at some point this season, okay? Right. Who do you think that that impacts the most? Because he's a power forward. He plays all his minutes at power forward. And they're starting Wendell Carter Jr. and of audio. They're starting Wendell at the four spot. So who do you think goes to the bench when assuming he plays at some point and doesn't right. like retire and go campaign for the mad king or something who do you think takes the biggest hit here because if it's Wendell going to the bench bam who's crushing uh Aubio uh You mean Mo Bamba? Bamba. Mo Bamba. God, sorry, it's early for me. Uh, Mo Bamba, who's crushing it. And and congrats to you, sir. That was an incredible late round call. He's absolutely blowing people's minds with the numbers he's putting up. But are you at all concerned about when J.I. does come back to the court? Who goes to the bench? And how does this front court rotation work out?
1: Yeah, I think one thing that's becoming evident is that I don't think Franz Wagner is going anywhere. No, definitely. Uh, (laughs) He's, he's looking fantastic. She's Better than 50%, 15.6 points. Like obviously he's long gone in fantasy leagues, but, but the number eight overall pick is looking like a mainstay for Orlando. So it's tricky. I don't know. I mean, and the Isaac thing is so weird. I I almost would just be in the mode of, I'm just not going to worry about Carter or Bamba because it, It just feels so hype it just feels like it's going to go two ways one of two ways right we're going to suddenly get some optimistic news on isaac and he's ready to go ready to go soon but we have to keep in mind how much they're going to limit him when he comes back initially after all this time i mean hmm. not going to play any back-to-backs probably minutes restrictions early so i think it's one of those things that like will sort itself out one way or the other and the good news if you're stashing Isaac is hopefully you have IR spots and you can just pretend like he doesn't exist basically until you hopefully yeah. get a good report. And the other piece yeah. of good news is, I mean, this is a guy who can be fantasy viable in 20 to 25 minutes. Right. So you may be looking at that. I mean, are we looking at a Jonathan Isaac who's going to come back after over a year off and be a 30-minute player this year? I'm not sure we are. But yeah. the the good news is he can come back and get you steals and blocks. I mean, people, you know, I don't know. That, that didn't really answer your question. I'm not worried about Carter or Bomba at all yet. Okay,
4: okay. So I'm a, I'm a little bit, I'm somewhat concerned about Bamba. Because I just really love watching him play. And he's at yeah. 32 minutes a game right now. Uh, if J.I. comes back and he's playing power forward, let's say that Bomba sticks as the starter. Um, then you're transitioning Wendell Carter to the bench, who's averaging 28. That is, then we're getting into timeshare territory. Now, uh, Bomba has looked so incredible that maybe in 25 minutes it's a marginal hit, but I do think it's a hit. Yeah. How do? You, are you, that's a lot of alarms going on, but <laughs> final <laughs> thoughts. Quite a day. With the alarm. Final thoughts on uh, on. Uh, so you're you're not worried at all. You're gonna cross that bridge when we get there. I am.
1: Yeah. I also think Bamba and Bamba can generously offer away a few of his minutes to Isaac. I mean, Bamba can still thrive in a 25, 26 minute role, you know, right? Let him, I don't know. I just, it's just so hypothetical to me right now. Right. And that may be the wrong way to think of it, but I'm just, I'm not going to preemptively worry about a guy who just, we, we have no idea when he's going to be back.
4: You know what I mean? I just, coming into the season, I, I felt like he was going to be right around the corner. I mean, like I said, it's been 15 months. This is such a weird amount of time for him to be yeah, uh, out. But that's my time. Uh, okay. Great talking to you. And Thank I you. Will You've been great. <laughs> catch you next week.
1: <laughs> All right, Jared. Sounds good. See ya. We now bring in Chicago Bulls fan? Cool. Bulls, Are you, you're a Bulls fan, right? Wow. The Dwayne Wade. Wow. The six... The 6-1 Chicago Bulls. What a start for your team, Vaughn. Vaughn Delzell from NBC Sports Edge Betting. Happy to have you here, man.
7: Thank you. Always great to be here and talk with you, Matt. I feel like we have the best basketball conversations. <laughs> um
1: all right, so we got five minutes here. You had a few props that uh, you wanted to talk about, so hit me with the first one. I believe it starts uh, in Miami.
7: Yeah, definitely want to bring some gambling aspects to this podcast. I will say, um, you guys talked about John Moran a little bit. I have a hundred percent ownership, of John Moran, both the company league and the other NBC league. So pretty excited about that one.
1: Nice, uh, but yeah, nice. for the M-
7: Miami Heat, Tyler Hero, twenty to one odds. We got him on the NBC Sports Bot. Bet the edge NBA show. He was twenty to one odds, so ten dollars wins two hundred. That ten dollars now would win ten dollars back. That's how much of a difference Tyler Hero has been on fire to start the season. I mean, twenty two points per game, six rebounds, four assists. What's really crazy is his usage rate. He's at twenty eight point three percent usage rate. Uh, just to you know, monitor a couple, a couple other guys in that range. Giannis is sitting at thirty four percent. Demar Derozan is twenty nine percent. Um, I just went to TD Garden to watch my Bulls take on the Celtics, and DeMar DeRozan is what they call the Celtic killer. He has the second most points since 2013 against the Celtics. Only Bradley Bill has more, and DeRozan went 15 of 20, 37 points. Tyler Hero is getting the fill right now for the Miami Heat off the bench. He's a Glock to win six-man of the year. Uh, So, you know, if you still have a plus 100 odds, I would take him there because that's all you're going to get the rest of the season. Uh, It's only going to go negative from here on out. That's
1: crazy. I saw, I think there was a uh, a line and a blurb on NBC Sports Edge that his total points through seven games is the most for uh, like a six-man or reserve since Ricky Pearson, like 89-90 <laughs> or something like that. I expected the Tyler Hero leap last year. I was a year early. Mm-hmm. It's clearly happening now. Other than getting steals, he's doing everything, Vaughn. Mm-hmm. So yeah. uh, let's keep it moving, though, because we got three things we're trying to hit. Rookie of the year, where are we at?
7: Man, well, if you also if you watch the show again, if you rode with myself or the well capper, you would have two great picks. Uh, Jalen Green is my guy for the Houston Rockets. I've loved what he brings to the table, like superb talent, explosiveness, the ability to create separation. He gets to the rim and rises above the rim like no one else. And I mean, we saw him against the Lakers kind of start breaking out of that slump because he had a stretch of zero for twelve for three. And then he went Mm 5 of 10 from 3. And you're like, okay, is he starting to figure it out now? He scored 24 points. Was it just the LeBron James effect going against a guy he probably looked up to his entire life? But I do think Jalen Green is that talent. And when you look at Scottie Barnes, Evan Mobley, the Kate Cunninghams, the difference is Jalen Green can average 20 points per game. All right. If anything happens to Christian Wood, Jalen Green, his stock rises 100%. So, I really think he's a great bet still. So if you can get him, you know, anywhere from the four to one range or better, uh, you should get in Jalen Green stock right now because it's between him and Scotty Barnes, in my opinion.
1: There's a few other names that you might put on the fringes of that. I mean, you, you know, we talked about Franz Wagner. You wouldn't mm-hmm. think of him as a, a front runner in any way, but like Josh Giddy playing well, Chris Duarte playing well, it's an it's an awesome rookie class. But Seriously. I do think Jalen Green. Yeah, could, could likely only go up from here. I mean, he's only shooting 37.8% and he shot it well in the G League. So I think we, I certainly expect him to shoot it better moving forward. Yeah, he just needs a
7: little bit more confidence. And that, that comes with time. Like we, I mean, he's not shooting as bad as Cade Cunningham is. I mean, <laughs> right. if, you, if he's all yeah, Cade Cunningham's doing, I mean, this guy's shooting like 15 or 20% right now. So, I mean, it's not that bad.
1: Yeah, two for 14, I think, the other night for Cade. Uh, Yikes. Anyways, okay, you're, you mentioned the Celtics before. You mentioned your Bulls. Uh, pulling Hmm. off that dramatic comeback. I think they had a 51 to 18 run in that game. So you have a, a Celtics futures bet as well.
7: Yeah, another bet from the show that's looking great right now. Plus 375. We had the Celtics to miss the playoffs. They're sitting at plus 105 right now. And, you know, if you think that my voice sounds a little raspy or I might be a smoker or something, no. I was just rooting that hard for my Bulls at TD Garden in Boston. And uh, the fans didn't appreciate it, but when you go on a 39-11 to run, you're allowed to, you know, let it loose a little bit and rep your team. But the Boston Celtics, as everyone's talked about on this podcast a little bit, have just – Missing that cohesion right now, there's some locker room issues. You have Marcus Smart Smart speaking up as the leader of the team, and really you want Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown to be that leader, but these guys don't like to pass. We saw that issue in the fourth quarter, and, I mean, when you rely on Al Horford to score 20 points a night for you sometimes, uh, you're more than likely not going to win many games. So that's why we're seeing them at 2-5. and Only beating Houston and Charlotte, and that Charlotte one was an OT, so they should be 1-6. and Uh, They're still sitting there plus money right now. to miss the playoffs. Get it now before it's too late because they're not going to be making it. They're not a 41 team.
1: Wow. Only teams worse in the East right now are the Magic, the Pacers, and the Pistons than your Boston Celtics. That's crazy. Well, Vaughn, that's our five minutes. Great stuff. As always, man, we'll be seeing you back here in the near future.
7: Thank you, Matt. Go Bulls and go Hawks. <laughs> you got it all right that's
1: gonna do it for us don't forget to subscribe and Apple Podcasts, podcast on spotify wherever you listen take a second to rate and review us as well we're here every weekday waiver wire podcast coming up on friday steve alexander will be here hosting tomorrow i want to say thanks to all of you for watching and for listening and thanks to all of our guests including yuvon check it all check everyone out on NBC sports edge we will talk to you soon